All right, here we go. Uh, my name is Jeff, and I'm a follower of Christ, a recovered alcoholic and addict, and through the grace of God, Scripture, the 12 steps, great sponsorship, service commitments, I am sober. Thank you. That's a long intro. I forgot how this works. I'm super nervous tonight, and I've done this so many times, but I, I don't know. Maybe it's because I'm so... Uh, close to this ministry, but um, let me just tell you my story of what God's done for me. My testimony is about God's love. Uh, he chased me through the darkest times of my life, and he, ne he never gave up on me. He helped me. He uh, pres uh, preserved me for his purpose. I see his love for me like the story of the thief of the cross in Luke 29. The thief was hanging to death on a cross for his crimes, rightly so. My cross was addiction and sin, and it was killing me. At some point, the thief in the story in Luke turned to Christ, Luke 29, 42, and 43, and, and he was saying, Jesus, remember me when you come into your kingdom. And Jesus said to him, truly I say to you today, you will be with me in paradise. Jesus did not say, go and be good. Come back in a few years. I'll let you know. Sorry, you're corrupt and ruined. No, sorry, you haven't done enough good things. No, Jesus answered him right away with love for the sinner and the outcast like me. I see myself in that story. So tonight I ask that you listen for the similarities and not the differences. It is spiritual sickness, thoughts, feelings, and beliefs that were the roots of my addictive behaviors and trouble. So when you hear the word alcohol, drugs, you can substitute your particular hurt habit or hang-up if you choose. So my testimony is three parts. What happened? Where did these failed thinking, feeling, and false belief patterns take hold of my life? What it, what it was like? And what price did I pay for living with these dysfunctional patterns and what it's like today? So I share openly, intentionally, not for your pity, but that you know it's safe to, sh uh, to sh uh, here to share your honestly your struggles. I share openly because there is freedom for me uh, with owning who I was and who I am today. And I want you to know how far I've come back because of the love of Christ uh, that he has for me. So I'm going to begin my story. I'm the oldest of four brothers and two sisters. My home life had alcohol, drugs, anger, crime, emotional, physical, spiritual, sexual abuse, and incest. I was on the wrong end of it all from the ages of three to 17. So my family of origin was dysfunctional and sick. I learned to keep to myself, live with secrets. I was disconnected from reality. I retreated to a world of fantasy. I was alone and I did not trust anyone. I left my childhood years, years where my personality formed, deeply damaged. It's where my failed life patterns formed. And by the age of 12, I was drinking, using, and having sex as often as I could get it. I discovered when I drank, I changed how I felt. I felt relief from the anxiousness, the worry, and the fear. And from this point on, it was like medication for me. I would chase that feeling of relief, escape from my past, and always end up in trouble. I never drank normally. I drank to the ER. I took many risks and engaged in illegal activity. My warped thinking fueled my alcoholism, drug addiction, and my dependency on women. Shame and fear were deep. I hid who I was. I would fabricate stories about myself. I took risks for attention. I created a false personality. 
I was deeply afraid and insecure, but, my, but I acted tough and pretended to be smart. It was an act. I wanted, to be like, uh, I wanted to be like, but I was more comfortable being alone. This act yielded zero friends, estrangement from family, and anything good in my life for many years. Uh, looking back at all this, I see a pattern that would become my life. My teen years, 13 to 17, I had serious behavioral emotional issues and, and I was always in trouble. I now understand that emotional illness has been present from my er earliest recollection, recollection. I never did react normally to any emotional situation. What it was like, from 1979 to 2003, my pattern of living is easy to explain. I drank, I used, I got into trouble. Trouble like two divorces, which included abuse, drug and alcohol abuse, and adultery. In 1988, my irresponsible behavior caused the death of my son. I robbed the hopes and dreams of innocent people. This is the true cost of addiction. Anyone who cared about me suffered great harm. I had many jobs, wanted for a felony, two bankruptcies, multiple women in and out of marriages. I owed the IRS and stayed 11 years of unpaid taxes. I stole from employers, family members, dealers. I was, always, I was homeless from time to time. I could not even get a driver's license or a credit card. There were times when I tried to change. It would never last. Willpower never worked for me. I read self-help books, spent time with different counselors. I met with religious figures, attended inpatient, outpatient treatment centers, moved out of town, doing all the things I could to manage my life and control my outcome. These were Band-Aids, temporary fixes and crisis management, not to change. I was reliant on my own self-centered will, my own understanding. I was an actor running the show. My character defects and sin represented my God-given instincts gone astray. Unless I was willing to work at hard at the elimination of the worst of these defects, uh, both sobriety and peace of mind would elude me. So let's talk about God from ages 8 to 36. I believe there was a God, but I did not understand many things about grace, mercy, and forgiveness, and other terms that religious people used. My family of origin would behave one way on Sunday, celebrate Easter and Christmas, Yet during the week, they would engage in crazy, insane, illegal behaviors. So I was really confused uh, by their beliefs. God was someone, some power I 911 called when I was in trouble. I mocked God and his holy standard for 30 years. Yet I felt drawn to the idea of God. I wanted to know Christ, and I was open to learning more. Many times I sought him. I remember at the age of 14, while in state care, I read a copy of the New Testament, and I wept at the stories of the lepers and the blind men. Repeatedly, Jesus helped the outcast. I always felt like an outcast. At 17, I went on a weekend retreat uh, to spend time with him, to learn how to pray. So I was drawn to Christ. But I struggled so much with my problems, I could never seem to be consistent or understand what I needed to do to please him. I also struggled with trusting men, especially teaching me about God. That was really difficult. However, 25 years ago, I reached out to a local church. I was desperate looking for help. I was searching for God and community, not to be alone again and, and, and the power to, for him to fix my life. The pastor befriended me. He answered all my questions. I took the risk. I trusted him. And 25 years ago, last month, I surrendered my life to Christ. I was changing very, very slowly. In 1996, I met my current wife at work. We were friends for a while. We did form a relationship and then a marriage. 
The truth is, I said many flattering words and ideas and hourly acts to gain her trust. I wanted to be a man that she could respect and love. However, I did not know what love was. I knew nothing about caring for her or me, and we came together in sickness. Yes, there was attraction, affection, friendship, but our warped needs and wants tainted what defines a healthy and appropriate relationship. Everything that happened painfully in our marriage was me bringing my warped needs and wants into our marriage. Anyone who was close to me, I stole their freedom. I made them an idol. In 1999, Lori and I had our daughter. We had our daughter, Hannah, and a few years later, our son followed. And we had three uh, children from a prior relationship. I always tell this because there's a lot of folks in here with blended family issues. There was a lot of pain with our blended family circumstances. Marriage to an addict like me is extremely difficult. I cast a fog of uncertainty, instability, and control and fear over those around me. So for my wife, it was oppression, a loss of freedom, a loss of hope. Sometimes that fog would clear and we would have a reasonable moment, but that fog always returned. And I continued to struggle with my habits, hangups, and hurts. Because of my on and off again using and drinking, Lori and I separated, and I was getting older, and I still could not break free of these failed patterns. I found an outpatient program, and I was introduced to the 12 steps. I found a sponsor, I worked the 12 steps. I did all the things I was asked to do, the fourth step. I made, uh, 90, I made 83 amends in the ninth step, both financial, relational, legal amends. I cleaned everything up. I learned during that period of time I had a drinking and thinking problem, and at the center of that thinking was a selfish, self-centered man who was spiritually sick. And I needed a plan, a design for living that would help me clean up my past, right the harms I caused, and live one day at a time and be of use to God and to other men and my family. I learned that if I sought God, worked with others, and clean house, I would grow, enlarge my spiritual life, and stay sober. So my wife and I reconciled, and she went back to college, and I stayed for the same job for 15 years, and our lives improved. We began attending Big Valley in the summer of 1999, and in March 2004, I walked into CR. I liked the idea of a Christ-centered 12-step recovery. Other programs had a lot of opinions and thought of thoughts about who God is, and I don't care, and that's, that's fine. But I found uh, CR to be a safe place and focus on Christ. Yep. However, I began to rely on my own understanding again. Business was good. There was success, business trips, travel, promotion, awards, whatever. Soon I was again in control and managing my life and everyone else's too. I ignored God's will for my life to be sober. My ego pride returned, and I had stopped practicing the principles of recovery. I thought I was cured. I drank on a business trip one day. It was a fateful decision that harmed my family and ruined my reputation. For me, I must remain 100% sober in all areas of my life. Complete abstinence is the only way for me. I don't know about you, but I cannot do mind-altering substances. I can't do weed. I can't watch raunchy movies, raunchy music, raunchy humor. Anything that reminds me of my old life, some, for some reason it just draws me back to those old old days. I'm, I must practice no to these things. I must keep my mind and spirit as clean as, as I can. However, soon my drinking, using women, and sinful living became increasingly out of control, mostly away on business trips. And by February 2014, my life was completely out of control, and I had reached a new low. I could not stop drinking. One night after returning home overdue from a business trip and under the influence, Lori refused me interest into our home, and this began our second separation. 
Because of the extent of the emotional substance abuse and sexual conduct, my wife's desire to divorce me, our CR pastors re recommended a separation. In addition, they outline in writing a plan to create healing and safety for our family. They do that here, if you're open to it. Our family needed healthy recovery for me and for my wife, most of all to protect our children. The competent, godly leadership of CR understood that our family was spiritual sick, spiritually sick and addiction is a family illness. All we needed was time and professional help for a restoration. However, I tried to use my recovery knowledge to get back home, to get back my old life, to control. I figured all I had to do was give Lori the right answers and in a few months we'd be back to normal, my normal. My plans to manipulate my way home had ended. My wife had separated and she was done, truly finished with me. She sought her own path to separate life, to a separate life and healing. We had a separation plan, but I did not want to follow it. I truly believed I could talk my way home. Talking my way into, into and out of things is something I'm used to doing. It's an addict behavior. I figured out that the barrier of support my life built around her life was not going to let the old me in no matter what I said or did. So I just gave up and did what I wanted to. Alcohol, drugs, women. God's holy standard exposed my rebellious heart. Christ stands for marriage and made it clear to me I was still married though living apart and adulterous behavior was unacceptable. This is the standard of God and I failed to meet his standard. So by now, I had lost my job, my wife, my children, my home, and there I found my bottom, August 10th of 2014. All I had left was God, my sponsor, and myself. And like the thief on the cross, I became willing and I prayed this prayer. God, I will remain sober and single the rest of my life and quietly take care of the needs of my family. Please help me to get and stay sober. So God lifted that obsession to drink, use, all that. I think he was waiting for me to turn back to him like the thief on the cross and to surrender everything to him. I have also, I also I have felt he understood my struggles better than I, and he has been very patient, kind, and gentle with me even when I was wrong. So I went into a sober living home and I get, began a journey back to emotional, spiritual, and mental wholeness. I found a job to take care of my family's quarter to financial needs. I ended contact with women. I stayed sober. I attended meetings. And I received court order supervised visits with, every, with, the, with the kids every weekend at Starbucks for two hours. I stayed quiet. I did not bother my family. I began to rework the 12 steps. And I have heard that step one is the only step I have to do perfectly. This is the, uh, this is the point in which I admitted that I have lost all power and control over my addictions and compulsive behaviors. This step is what laid the foundation of my recovery. It was so difficult to admit this. Um, but after I admitted powerlessness, I began to journey back to emotional and spiritual sobriety. And without this step, my efforts would be in vain. Taking step one is not just a matter of saying the words for me. Rather, it is an adoption of a new attitude and outlook upon life based on surrender and trusting God's plan for me. Moreover, in that place, I found peace and purpose I had not experienced in a long time. So I began to grieve the harm to my family, friends, and church I had caused. And my sponsor often reminded me God would do for me what I could not do for myself. All I can say is the day I prayed and surrendered to his will, my life began to change almost immediately. I trusted him. I never once asked God to bring me home. Instead, I prayed for my wife to heal, for my family to heal. Sobriety and new devotion to God helped me to regain sound spiritual thinking that had eluded me for some time. 
And Lori saw something different in my visits and my tech responses. She would text me occasionally, but I would only respond with what was necessary, never pushing in, never asking. But eventually we began to talk, and I think she was curious about what had changed. But she was not my focus. Working and recovery is where I kept my energy. However, over time, Lori and I began a slow reconciliation, including Christ-centered biblical counseling. This is where it gets tough for some. There were no guarantees during the reconciliation process. Because of my sex conduct, Lori had the biblical right and freedom to choose to reconcile or divorce. I did not have the same right to divorce or remarry in God's view. That truth is hard for some. It was for me. But I was willing to do whatever it took to be sober and stay sober, married or not. Lori, Lori deeply pursued her recovery, unknown to me, and without my commentary or help. I pursued my recovery, and perhaps the greatest miracle in this story is our marriage reconciled. So just a few more pages, and I'll just uh, share with you what it's like today. Um, our individual Christ-centered 12-step programs were so effective, we only met think a half a dozen times with half a dozen times with our counselor which is good because I think it was like 180 bucks a session right <laughs> God, man. unbelievable that's all right the attorney fees were eleven thousand dollars I had to pay that too so. <laughs> go ahead go ahead and drink Jeff the love and security we desired all of our lives the dreams we wanted and needed in a partner we found through commitment to our individual recovery programs God removed our past failures and provided us the tools to live right with each other. So today, the standard of my recovery is not what I say about my recovery. I'm an addict. I'm, I'm, I'm a pretty good talker. I mean, that's what I do for a living. So what, what matters is what my family, what my wife, what my friends, what my church family says about re my recovery. I think they're saying I'm doing okay. I don't think Lori would be sitting there if I was faking it, actually. She's not that kind of gal. She just wouldn't be here. It's uh, my actions and behaviors that matter to those that love me. Today, Lori and I love our programs, our sponsors, uh, see our family and our service work. It's our way of life. It is a way of life for us. And God has called us to give away freely what he has given us, experience, strength, and hope. So our mutual recovery has strengthened our marriage. It has laid the foundation where we pursue spiritual growth individ individually and bring back recovery growth into our marriage. Except when we're fighting on whose side of the street you're on. But um, we really do share a lot of recovery together and it's really great. I'm not here because I'm a saint. I'm actually here because I typed up nine pages and they let me share it. That's why I'm here. I'm not joking. I mean, I'm serious. I have issues, right? Just ask the neighbors with the dog. <laughs> I shouldn't have gone there. I shouldn't have gone there. All right. I'm not a saint. I'm really not. I'm here because I have demonstrated a willingness to surrender to Christ daily and practice recovery principles in all my affairs. See, it's not a one-time thing for me. Most days I get that right. Most days I turn into the program for the solution and not a way to my own understanding. Recovery has given me serenity of purpose, the opportunity to be a service to God and to people about me. Today I'm surrounded by men and a wife that tells me the truth. More than anything, I need truth, especially with a mind that uh, 
comes up with ideas all the time of what right and wrong is. Um, I need truth um, when, with a mind that's always coming up with a plan. So I'm here because CR does not hand out diplomas or have graduation ceremonies. But we do have chip night. This is a life, yeah, I love chip night. This is a lifelong journey for me. I do not have a choice. Life continues to challenge my thinking and beliefs and behaviors. I need help in my response to people, places, and things. Uh, I remembered in my troubled days how pastors and priests and religious figures would encourage me to pray and go to church and read the Bible. Nothing wrong with that. They were doing the best they could. They did not understand the monster that was in front of them. They really tried to help. They really did. But uh, for me, that did not work. I needed a plan. I needed a design for living that would help me clean up my past, right my harms that I caused, and live one day at a time to help other men. And I found that here. I found spiritual leaders who understood Christ well. They understand addiction. And they had a plan for me to follow and change everything. You know, because of my uh, sick, insane, criminal family, I'm not saying names, you know, in case they're listening. They know who they are. Safety is important to me. And CR has always been a safe place for me. So I love our pastors. They have... A great integrity. They've been longer together than my own family of origin. You know, I feel safe here. They pray constantly for my family, for your family and me. Ask them to pray for you. They get paid to pray, just so you know. <laughs> what kind of gig is that? Who gets a job like that? Um, I like... Um, I like the Open Share group leaders. Uh, my, fa- my family of origin was, domi- was dominant personalities that were abusive, okay? And if I walked into an Open Share and there were those kinds of personalities and they were out of control, it would, it would upset me and I would have to leave. And, and so our group leaders, our facilitators, they, they, don't, they restrict that kind of stuff. And I like that. Uh, my home life was full of secrets. Everything was a secret. And so this is a, a place that's not... Uh, like that, and so that's safe for me. I like that men do groups and women do groups separately. That's super safe for me. It's probably safe for you ladies too. You wouldn't want me in your group. <laughs> no, I, I wouldn't do anything inappropriate, but it just wouldn't be safe. Um, I might think it though, and that's a problem for me. Um, I also like that, what else is safe for me is I like that there's no rescuing, fixing, or perfectionism that's so strongly discouraged in our groups, and that's safe for me because I had a family that was crazy, and they would try to fix you. Fixing crazy, that's just crazy in itself. I like that I could find God on my terms at my pace. I told you guys I grew up in a religious abusive home where there was incredible hypocrisy. And here I can find God on my terms, and that's safe for me. And I need a place to give back and practice the steps. I get that at CR. And so God did for me what I could not do for myself when I surrendered to his will. And so as I wrap this up, I just want to share this message in the Psalm 116 in my life. Gracious is the Lord and righteous. Yes, our God is compassionate. The Lord watches over the simple. I was brought low and he saved me. Return to your rest, my soul. For the Lord has dealt generously with you. For you have rescued my soul from death, my eyes from tear, and my tears, and my feet from stumbling. I shall walk before the Lord in the land of the living. That's my God. Thank you.
Hey, let's hear it one more time for Jeff. I know we're not supposed to have secrets here, but I did just whisper in his ear that he was cracking me up tonight, man. All those little uh, added things. Uh, so if you were going to share your testimony, don't add things. Um, but hey, he did a, I mean, phenomenal job. Thank you, Jeff. Good evening. I'm Scott. I'm a grateful believer in Jesus Christ. I'm in recovery from sex addiction and compulsive overeating. Hey, um, Jeff, thank you for sharing your testimony. And uh, I was just talking to my wife. I remember that phone call and I hated every minute of it. And I'm so grateful that God grabbed your life and you're willing to surrender. And uh, thank you for that. Um, guys, I'm excited that we get to be in here, but uh, um, we're gonna have to go to Open Share Group and that's even better. And so I'm pretty excited about that. Hey, if you're wondering, hey, what happens because we went to uh, purple again or blue or teal, I don't know what color we are, but um, just pay attention to our Facebook site. So we have a Celebrate Recovery at BVG Facebook site, and that will be all the updates. If you don't hear anything, just show up next week. We'll be here. Um, that's my goal. So that's what we're doing. But um, before we do our serenity prayer and out of here, first-time guests right across the hallway after we end, second-time guests right up front, and then if you're in junior high or high school, that means you're in the landing. And so if that's the case, we're going to meet over in the venue, and I would uh, love to meet you guys over there, and I got a great game for us tonight, and... Uh, I won't be able to partake, but there's Rice Krispie Treats. So let's close the serenity prayer. God, grant me the serenity to accept the things I cannot change, the courage to change the things I can, and the wisdom to know the difference. Living one day at a time, enjoying one moment at a time, accepting hardship as a pathway to peace, taking as Jesus did this sinful world as it is, not as I would have it. Trusting that you will make all things right if I surrender to your will so that I may be reasonably happy in this life and supremely happy with you forever and the next. Amen.